Zanino. Middle, middle. Middle boy. He, he hit it. Oh! He got it. He hit it. He got deep. it. We're going he got home. it. Mike Zanino <laughs> just walked off Minnesota. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Amen, brother. Speed out there, pitch. Deep drive, left center field. Give me a baby! Go! A home run for Mitch Hanniger! Hey everybody, welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. We are back after about a six-month delay. And, uh, you know, really shame on us. The Mariners are out here playing great baseball, and we just haven't been able to record. Uh, We are on a new platform, which is going to cause some issues for my small brain. So if you guys will just bear with us for the first couple episodes while we feel our way through this. But uh, I'm excited to be back, and we're going to talk about Mariners baseball. My name is Colby Patnode. I'll be your host of the show, at least today. Joining me today are Soto Mojo contributors, Ty Gonzalez and Jeff Nooney. Guys, say hello. Uh, Hey there. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) So, uh, guys, uh, I don't know if you know this, writing for the site or not, but uh, the Mariners are pretty dang good. Um, So I would just like to start off our show by asking, what the heck has happened? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's been crazy, right? Like, the, none of us expected this. I mean, when we when we recorded that one podcast back in March, we were talking about like, oh, cool, we're gonna be like an eighty win team, whatever. I I remember saying we'll be fun to watch at least, and uh, yeah, they've been they've been more than just fun. They've been really really good, and um. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing to watch. You know, it really has been. It's uh it's nice to be wrong every once in a while, especially when it feels so right. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I gotta say, my wife's been giving me a hard time every time they win because I'm like, how do they just keep doing this? And she always says, "Well, I believed in it." So <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, it really has been crazy, um, and we'll definitely talk more about the uh, the team, obviously, here today. But uh, you know, just kind of let's let's not pretend that we've been talking about this team on the podcast for the last three or four months. So let's just start with what we saw last week: uh, big uh, seven games at home against the Los Angeles Angels and the Boston Red Sox. The Mariners go five and two. So, guys, why don't you tell me your overall thoughts about that about the last week, and uh, maybe what what was your favorite moment from the last week? Um, so overall thoughts, um, just generally thinking about it, I you know I, I was a bit upset with how uh, the first game in the Red Sox series ended. Um, 
specifically how we had first and second no outs. So you can always be a little greedy looking at that and thinking like, oh, we could have been six and one. Um, but it's, I will totally take that. You know, all the, all the tweets that have, you know, said like, oh, taking a, you know, a sweep against a division rival plus splitting a series against the Red Sox, you know, we'll take that. Yeah. I will most certainly take that. Um, sweeping the Red, or sweeping the, uh, the, the Angels always is amazing because, uh, Mike Sosha is bad. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, t- taking uh, taking two out of out of four against the Red Sox, it's it's you know even though that maybe that first game you should have won, the way that they won the second game though, and then Wade LeBlanc's pitching performance in the in the third game was just insane and so unexpected. And uh, when we talk about you know your you know our favorite moments from that from uh, that homestand. I think that's the one that stands out to me. Obviously, you know, you have the Hanniger walk off in the rain, but Wade LeBlanc uh, retiring, what was it, 23 in a row against the Red Sox? That's insane. That, it's probably uh, it's a top five moment of the season so far. Yeah, I agree. That is a top five moment. But uh, my favorite moment, honestly, and this might be a little uh, funny, I guess, but... Uh, Mitch Hanniger's throw to nail Luis Valbuena going for a double after he did a stupid bat flip. Where, where was, all I want to know is where was Mr. Baseball Perfectionist Ian Kinsler on that one? <laughs> but uh, no, that this that the series with the Red or the uh, excuse me if I can talk the Angels and the Red Sox. Um, you got to be happy with how they played in that. Uh, not so much in the game we did come back and beat the Red Sox. Three errors in one, like, felt like one inning, but that was just, uh, they, this team, they're the cardiac kids, as Rick Riz calls them. They just, they don't give up. They claw, they fight, they scratch to come and win those games, and they know they can win those one run games with how great Edwin Diaz has been. And sweeping the Angels is just phenomenal. Uh, you know, Mike Trout just absolutely killed us, and I think the rest of the year, you just gotta not pitch to that guy, give him the Barry Bonds treatment. But looking ahead, uh, five and two at home against the Angels and the Red Sox, you can't complain. Right. And the thing I like about those two series is that there were there's pretty much a defining moment for every win, um, which is kind of becoming a theme. You know, you look at the the one nothing game. That's just Wade LeBlanc's entire performance. You can look at the Hanniger walk off in the rain. Um, you know, Denard Spans double in the, uh, the first win against the Red Sox. There's, just, like, Luis Valbuena pimping a single and then getting thrown out at second. That's just, that's incredible. And uh, it's just fun, um, you know, it's just fun to watch these guys because every night it seems like there's something different that's going to happen and they're going to win because of it. And uh, as a result, they sit 20 games over 500. they They're eight games clear of the Los Angeles Angels for the second wild card. And really... Things couldn't be better right now because it looks like the rest of the American League kind of sucks. I mean, there's yeah, four yeah. really good teams, and then there's, like, three okay, like, you know, they might be fine. And then the rest of the the rest of the rest uh, the league is just really bad. So, uh, And going back to Valbuena real quick, yeah. uh, if he was still on the Astros and he did that, I wonder how Astros rants would react. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Astros rants, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's the tool of tools right there. So, uh, <laughs> I'm putting it nicely. Yeah, but uh, I really hope that's a parody because if it is, it's genius. And I want, I want, to, I want that guy in my life. But if it's serious, I, I don't want like any acknowledgement that he even exists anymore. But uh, it, it definitely made for some fun. Uh, or some fun hate hate tweeting from me, but uh, anyways, um, let's let's look ahead to what we're uh, the Mariners are going to be facing this week. Um, doesn't get any easier. They have to go on the road, and they start off by playing you know the American League East leading Yankees for three games starting tonight, and then they head to Boston for a uh, for a three game series over the weekend at Fenway. Uh, you know, playing Boston seven times in ten days is uh, that that's a brutal stretch. So, guys, just walk me through. What's your thought process this week? Is there an acceptable like win loss record? Are you excited for this week? Are you nervous? What what's the thought process going into this week? Uh, yeah, seven games against the Red Sox in uh, what was it, ten days? Uh, that's what we like to call suboptimal. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I you know it's. It, it, it is true that the, the Mariners really haven't faced uh, consistent, solid competition. I mean, they played the Angels and the Astros a few times, and now they just played the Red Sox. And they've, they've shown that they can win these games, and I, I like how this series in particular matches up for the Mariners, considering, um, the, well, this one in, uh, against the Yankees, how, how it lines up because of... Uh, you know they're they're not going to face Sabathia, who has murdered them over the last few years. Uh, they won't face Tanaka. They won't face Sonny Gray. Um, they get Domingo Herman tonight, who has been the Yankees' worst pitcher by far. Uh, and hopefully they can take advantage of that, especially with Marco Gonzalez, who has been just fantastic this year. Um, and then they get uh, the 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 rookie. Uh, from Double A that made his debut and was spectacular. Jonathan Loisega, I think is his name. And uh, he didn't give up a run last week uh, in his debut, but, you know, he's young. He's from Double A. Uh, the Mariners could probably take advantage of that. Um, and then you get Paxson versus Severino in the last game, and that's that's entertaining, if nothing else. And... Um, and then going into the Red Sox uh, series, that's you know it's more of the same uh, that we just that we just saw. Um, you do get you do get to face Chris Sale this time, which is scary. But Sale actually hasn't been as good as he has been in the past this year, so um, there is hope at least. And um, as for a record, if you can split these six games. And then go into Baltimore and beat up on the Orioles, then um, then that's great. I would even take two and four uh, if you can just take one game from each series. Just as long as you don't get swept in any of these, then I'm happy. So, you know, I agree. Um, I was thinking two and four probably wouldn't be all that terrible. Um, you'd like to. You know, you'd like to at least split the series, but these are the two best teams in baseball we're going up against. And if this is going to, this is going to be the test, 
to see if we can, you know, I know it's kind of foreshadowing a little bit, but if we can make the playoffs, these are the teams we're going to be playing. And uh, I'd like to at least go three and three, but I'd be, I'd be okay with two and four. Um, the Yankees playing in New York is always, it's always fun watching Seattle play there. And I enjoy watching the Yankees broadcast because they act like the Mariners are just, you know, Southern Alaska. These are a bunch of no-name guys out here, and they it's fun just going into New York and beating them up. And they're like, "Who in the heck are these guys?" But no, this will be this will be the big test. I'm really looking forward to it. I was nervous when this uh, homestand started with the Angels and the Red Sox um, coming out of that the way we did. I'm I'm not so nervous anymore. I'm just excited for four o'clock to get here so we can watch the games. <laughs> Or to the point where you kind of plan your days around the Mariners game as best you can. And that's uh, that's awesome because in the past it's been kind of, you know, oh, the Mariners are on. I mean, yeah, I'll watch them now. I got nothing going on. You wouldn't, like, alter your schedule to make sure you're watching them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, you know, it's, it's great that they're in a position where they can go, really, they could go one and five, and they'll still probably be – five, six games clear of a playoff spot. Um, I don't think they will. I think uh, I think we're looking at, I would like to win one of these series. Um, and if you can do that, then great. If you can't, you know, you get Baltimore. I believe Baltimore is a four-game series. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, go take, you know, three out of four from those guys. Um, overall, on the 10-game ten ten road trip, you know, find a way to go six and four and get back to Seattle and, beat up on some weaker competition, but, uh, you know, it's, I would say with the pitching matchups, the way they line up, um, if you can avoid a sweep in both series, I think you're still sitting pretty, um, for the rest of June. So that's kind of where I would be at with this week. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm excited for the Mariners to finally get to hit in a, uh, in a hitter's ballpark. Um, you know, the offense has been lagging a little bit lately, but, uh, I don't know. I think Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park might be the perfect place to get uh, guys like Mike Zanino and uh, Kyle Seeger going again. So mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes. But the Mariners start their uh, six-game homestand as we're recording this in about uh, two hours against the Yankees. So it'll be a good week. Yep, I agree. All right. So one of the things that's the Mariners uh, as we see them right now. Let's go ahead and dive into both the past and the future somehow. And let's talk about the uh, major event that happened about uh, two weeks ago now. And that would be the Major League Baseball draft. Um, you know, the Mariners certainly made some interesting selections. There was a lot of uh, head scratching and hand wringing. But at the end of the day, you know, they have right now they have 30 new prospects and probably four or five more left to sign. So. Um, just, you know, the draft doesn't get a lot of buzz around, uh, around baseball. A lot of fans don't really, you know, they don't really seem to care that much, but, uh, anyways, we're going to talk about it. So, uh, guys, what were your thoughts on the draft and did you kind of have a favorite pick? Sorry. Um, (laughs) no worries. Uh, actually, you know, you and I didn't really like it at first. Like you really hated it and I was, (laughs) I uh, was uh, Josh uh, Josh Stores. Um, 
after looking at him a bit more, seeing how sneaky of power he has, um, and then his ability to at least field well, he, his arm is still pretty terrible from what I've seen, but he covers a lot of ground, and he is also able to steal a lot of bases. So that's kind of D. Gordon-esque. Um, but yeah, the power the power is really sneaky. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, and like I mentioned, in, uh, Trevor Delonage from uh, Oregon State had a better OPS than him. So, you know, that, that's that's something to consider. And he seems like he might be a kind of a quick riser in the, in the farm. And if he's a fourth outfielder, that's fine, but he may have a future as an actual starting outfielder, whether that be with the Mariners or somewhere else, but he could hit. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't know much about the kids after we drafted them, but uh, I was looking through the list of players that, you know, to, kind of keep an eye on and the one that kind of stuck out to me was the uh, third round pick Cal Raleigh the catcher from Florida State uh I have a stats pulled up here it's uh he hit 326 with uh 13 home runs in 62 games and he led uh Florida State in hits batting average RBIs and slugging percentage and was a first team all ACC catcher uh he's a switch hitter and I I like that in, in a catcher um, I don't know if that'll stick when he gets to the major league level. They may just make him hit from his best side, but I like it. I like that uh, um, catchers seem to kind of be able to come up a little quick, and maybe next year, or maybe even the year, or, you know, probably not next year, but the year after that, could have a good catcher behind Mike Zanino. Yeah, I, uh, I also like the Raleigh pick. Um, you know, we'll see if he can actually stick a catcher. There are some questions about his. Uh, his ability to uh, call the game and all that good stuff. So we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, the comp I heard for Cal Raleigh, just to your point, is Stephen Boat when he was in Oakland. And, you know, he was a pretty uh, pretty darn good player. So if that's who the Mariners get out of Cal Raleigh, that's that's a really good, uh, really good draft pick. Um, the other name I really like is Joey Gerber from Illinois. He's a relief pitcher only. But uh, he's got kind of a... He's got kind of an interesting setup. He's got good stuff, a good fastball, a good slider. That's a guy who could be up in the big leagues by next year. Um, I mean, that's how fast we're talking here. Um, yeah, some people even said this year. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, they got him in the eighth round. I think most people thought he was a fourth round pick, and so that's just really good value for a guy who you know looks like he's going to be a solid seventh, eighth, maybe even future closer in the really near future. So I like that pick a lot. I also like the Keegan McGovern pick from uh, Georgia. That's another guy. He just hits, you know, and if there was a theme of this draft, it was certainly that the Mariners wanted guys who just put up numbers in college. I mean, there's really no denying when you look at their draft picks, every single one of them just crushed really good competition. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting draft. I certainly like it more now than I did at the time. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, the big takeaways, Stowers, Raleigh, and I think uh, I think Gerber, those are probably the three 
that most fans will be excited about. And obviously, uh, Logan Gilbert as well. Um, you know, he's a really good pitcher, and that was a fine pick. I wish they would have gone Singer, but uh, it sounds like he wanted a ridiculous amount of money. So, you know, it's it's it's. I think it's a better draft than my initial reaction, but, uh, you know, we'll wait and see. We don't know anything. One of these guys could be Mike Trout. The other one could be Dustin Ackley. We have no idea, so we'll wait and see how that goes. Yeah, Good. Okay. Anyway, so uh, any anything else to wrap up the draft, guys, or any final thoughts on that before we move on? College hitters. Safe pick. Yeah. No, oh, I agree. I, I really, really like that they went the college route. Uh, these high school kids that are coming in the draft, we're not going to see them for years. Uh, I really like that they kind of stocked up the the farm system a bit, and we'll see what it takes us if they if they make it up here, if we use them as trade chips in the future. And speaking of Josh Stores, I, I just looked at Twitter, and it looks like he's making his uh, debut in Everett tonight. So something to keep an eye on there. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys, so we're going to take a, a quick break here, and we will be back in just a minute. All right, guys, we are uh, we are back, and we're going to wrap up this uh, this opening podcast here. We're going to talk about the future, and uh, also answer a few of our uh, our que- a few of our uh, readers' questions here to wrap up the show. So let's talk about the future. Let's talk about everybody's favorite topic: trades. Uh, the Mariners have, of course, already made one big trade, adding Denard Spann and Alex Colomay. Um, and I don't think anybody here expects Jerry DePoto to be done. Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah. <laughs> he is done. <laughs> uh, uh. All right. So uh, with that in mind, uh, let's talk about the trade market, how it's going, and maybe give me a name that you guys would like to see the Mariners add um, sometime in the next six weeks. So I've written about him twice. Uh, I love him to death. He has the most fantastic name ever, Kirby Yates. Uh, God, he is killing it right now for the Padres. Have you looked at his strikeout numbers? They're absolutely insane. And uh, there's an article that just got put up about him on on Fangraphs um, by Travis Sawchick about like four hours ago. He was writing about how his ground ball rate is up 23% from last year. And he's, so not only does he strike out a ton of hitters, he's also getting ground outs. The ball is just not getting into the air whatsoever. There's not much of a home run threat with him. And he's also just on a one-year deal. He does have uh, club control for the next two years, which I mentioned in my uh, article uh, through arbitration. But, I mean, he's 32 years old now, I believe. And uh, you can get him for pretty cheap. I mean, look at what the Nationals just gave up for Kelvin Herrera. And Kelvin Herrera is a much highly regarded name than Kirby Yates. So, plus Kirby Yates isn't even a closer, so that's not even a premium position there so you can get him for pretty cheap his numbers are just insane and if uh column a goes into another drought or diaz gets in a little bit of a funk or uh pazos etc you can put kirby eights there in the seventh eighth maybe even the ninth at in a squeeze 
No, I think mine, uh, I would really like him to try to go after uh, Josh Harrison. I wrote about him on uh, Soto, and um, he might be a little pricey for like a utility guy, but he can, he's shown in his career he can play just about every position, and he's not a liability when he plays those positions, especially at the plate. The guy can just out, he can flat out hit. And uh, I really don't think the Pirates are going anywhere. They're not going to win that division. And I think the two teams ahead of them, well, there's three, but two of the teams ahead of them are going to take the wild card spots. And, uh, yeah, I I just really like Josh Harrison a lot. I think him and D. Gordon would be uh, fun to watch in the clubhouse, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, just to kind of piggyback, I don't – let's talk about real fast the latest rumor before we – kind of move on. Uh, the latest rumor is, I believe it was Morosi, um, who tweeted that uh, the Mariners and the Yankees are both really interested in Jay Happ, um, former Mariner and current Toronto Blue Jay. Um, and I don't, it feels like teams are willing to sell a lot earlier than they have been in the past. Um, Jay Happ's been very, a really good pitcher ironically, since he left the Mariners, because that's usually how that works. But, uh, you know, is J-Hap the type of move that would, you know, more move the needle for you guys at all? Is that an exciting move, or is that just kind of a, a nice piece? Like, what are your thoughts on J-Hap? Well, like you said, you know, teams are, are willing to sell early, because, I mean, look at the Blue Jays, for example. They're 12 and a half games behind us. That's... This, this is not going to happen for them. Plus, they're in the same division as the Red Sox and the Yankees. So, as for Jay Happ, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's that's probably, like, the biggest name you can af- realistically afford. I mean, maybe Cole Hamels. Definitely not Chris Archer. But, yeah, Jay Happ, he's, he's fine. I mean, he's having a pretty decent year. I think his, his ex-fip is at, what, three six eight right now um but i don't uh, it's just you know it's jay hap it's it's jay hap you know it's uh, nah i'm good (laughs) yeah i'm i'm in the same boat i would hate to see him give up a a top top of the line prospect you know i say top of the line prospect but top of the line mariners prospect is probably more accurate of the statement yeah. But uh, I would really not. Yeah, he's not. He's not flashy, and I mean we don't need flashy on this team. We already have that, and he probably would be the, about the best starting pitcher the Mariners could afford to get. But meh. <laughs> yeah, you know it uh, kind of goes to something I wrote about the other day, and that is that with the Mariners having such a large lead in the wild for the second wild card spot. And I think we can be realistic and say that the Mariners aren't as good as the Astros. I don't think that's controversial, no. um, especially over the next 90 games. I don't see that being in a five-game series. You never know. But in you know, in a 90-game stretch, the Astros are probably going to run away. Not run away, but I'm sure they'll they'll take the division. So you're going to be playing in a wild-card game. So at that pos- at that point, do you really need you know a really good fifth starter? Starter. I mean. Not really, because the way it's lining up right now, the Mariners are going to be kind of able to line up their rotation so that James Paxson can get the ball 
um, assuming he's healthy, of course, in that wild card game. Um, so I just, you know, you don't usually use five starters anyways. Um, I, I don't want Felix to touch the ball in the playoffs, um, even though I'm sure he will. But uh, so for me, I don't really – the starting pitching isn't as big of a deal as if, like, if the Angels were, like, two games behind us and they were chasing us down or we were a couple games back. But we're eight up. I feel reasonably good that the rest of the American League is kind of falling. So the name that really sticks out for me, um, and it's probably a pipe dream, but I really like the idea of adding Brad Hand of the Padres. That's the guy. He's going to cost you Kyle Lewis. Um, he's a really good reliever. He's got you know three or four years of control. He's that lefty version of Edwin Diaz, and I like the idea of shortening a game in the playoff series so that if I can get five innings out of Marco Gonzalez and go into the sixth up three to two, and then I can hand the ball to, you know, Han, Nicasio, Pazos, Diaz, Colome, Vincent. I mean, that's a really good bullpen. And so I'm kind of in the mood. I'm, I'm willing to go for it because in a one-game playoff series and then also a five-game playoff series, your fifth starter really isn't that important to you. You're probably not going to use him. So, I mean, I'm in the mode where... Maybe it's not a name brand like Brad Hand, but maybe it is a uh, maybe it is a Kirby Yates and something, and they just kind of build this great bullpen and they just kind of go with it in that scenario. That's kind of where I'm at when it comes to the Mariners trade market. Well, and the thing you need to consider here is like um, Marco Gonzalez is getting up in innings, right? You know, coming off of Tommy John, Wade LeBlanc. Still don't know if he's going to be sustainable, even though he just you know he's coming off of that great outing. Um, I'm not, I'm not completely in the boat that you're in on starting pitching. Um, I do still think that it's necessary. Um, I just don't know if the answer is J-Hab. Um, I'd at least like to see them go a little bit younger, maybe a Kevin Gossman. Um, but I, I, I just, uh, I just don't know about J-Hab. I mean, uh, let's look at his fly ball rate and or his ground ball rate it's only 46.4 percent right now let him go to the yankees and get shelled at yankee stadium uh i'm good yeah let's let's just not go that route i did see john morose i think it was morosi tweeted that uh kind of the reason why the yankees are so interested in a guy like jay Happ is he's a lefty and the red sox just aren't hitting lefties and that mm-hmm. was proven with Wade LeBlanc. So in that sense, I like that. But I, I, like you said, let him go to the Yankees. Let's maybe we can go and get Trevor Cahill, which I wrote about, but get him for nothing. You know, trade him a trade him a bag of peanuts and a bucket of balls, and get a guy like him. And if he doesn't work out, he can go to the bullpen, and him and Wade LeBlanc can play. You know, kind of be a uh, a um, yeah, they can kind of go back and forth if we need that fifth starter. But um, I, I just, yeah, let let wait, let uh, Tr- Jay Happ go and get shelled in Yankee Stadium. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm wondering if maybe the opinions change. If, because Jay Happ is, we've seen him here. It, was, it didn't go well. Now, he's a completely different pitcher than he was back then. Um, but we've already seen it. It didn't go well. He's a rental um, so I'm wondering if maybe, Jeff, you wrote today about Matthew Boyd. 
Yeah. I'm wondering if a guy like that who's 27 and has some club control, he'd be more expensive than Hap, but they're both kind of, you know, they're both lefties. They're both kind of similar styles. Uh, if it was Matthew Boyd and you had to pay a little bit extra to get that guy versus Jay Happ, would that be something you do? Or is it just the idea of just kind of adding another, you know, fine starting pitcher? Are you just hoping for more? Or is it specifically Jay Happ that you guys aren't in love with? I mean, I'm fine with Matthew Boyd. I, I, I would like that a lot more. It's just I'm not trading Kyle Lewis for Matthew Boyd. Right. Like, um... So that so cost really is just the factor there with Boyd, um, and just going back to uh, what I was talking about with like Kevin Gossman, I think this uh, Orioles series coming up is kind of big in terms of scouting wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we'll see like Andrew Kashner or uh, in that series, but that could be another name that gets brought up, um, even though he's not. Could, <laughs> but that could still be a name that gets brought up. Um, so that could be something to consider. Uh, we're also playing the Royals coming up, so that could be another scouting opportunity. Right. Um, not really for starting catching, but you know, uh, one of their uh, you know one of their fielders maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's I mean like Jay Happ is fine. Uh, you know, his, his K per nine is, is way up than um, what his career numbers are. Um, but it's just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't buy into that. Let me just try and let me see if I can just sum this up then right now. The Mariners add Jay Happ at the cost that you would probably expect him to, to demand. Your reaction would be, okay, like, okay, that's that's cool. Like, like Yeah, it's fine. I, I welcome it. Yeah, you don't hate it, right? I mean, just you're yeah. just not gonna jump up and down and be excited about it. Yeah, I just don't like the idea of selling the farm. I guess you could call it for a rental pitcher. Um, trading for a guy like Matthew Boyd with he, he it almost is like when we brought in Marco Gonzalez. Um, they're you know right around the same age. Twenty seven's not that bad. And he's under club control until 2023 with arbitration and all that. Um, without giving everything in the article away, um, I, I really think when Detroit decides it's time to sell, everybody and their brothers is going to be going for Michael Fulmer. And I think Matthew Boyd can fall to the side. And with that, his cost could come down a, a little bit because they're going to be so focused on trying to trade away Fulmer that I think trading... I don't think you'd have to give up Kyle Lewis in order to get Matthew Boyd. I just, I don't see that happening. Right. And I think there's a decent chance that Matthew Boyd might actually end up being better than Michael Fulmer. I mean, Fulmer certainly got the better stuff, but his career numbers have been fine, but he doesn't strike guys out, you know, and you're probably, he's probably going to be the, the hottest commodity on the pitching market aside from, you know, maybe Chris Archer, if he gets healthy in time. So I, I think maybe Matthew Boyd is a good, you know, second option, I guess, if you want to, second tier option, if you want to call him that. But he might be as good as Fulmer. Um, Jeff, I don't want you to give away everything you wrote in the article, but maybe just a tease. Who Who is one of the prospects that you had going to the Tigers in that trade? Just so people can kind of get a sense of what it might cost. 
Well, there's there's total of four players that would head over there that I wrote that it would mm-hmm. cost. I'll give you two. Uh, and it, this this is what I, I messaged you guys that I did this article. It might be a little controversial to some Mariners fans, but I think you give up Dan Vogelbach and Bryson Brigman. Um, and I'll uh, basically with Miguel Cabrera going down for the for the year with Detroit, they're going to use John Hicks at first base with Nico Goodrum and a few others that can fill in. Um, they may be in the market for a guy like Dan Vogelbach who could. I mean, he's not terrible at defensively at first base, and he really just needs those major league at bats. And Seattle just can't be that team to give it to him this year because they're competing. Um, and I really think I, I, I'm probably in the minority on Vogelbach. I really, really like him. I think he's going to be a good player on a different team, just not in Seattle. And I think Detroit could be that team for him. And then with Bryson Brigman, he's a second base shortstop. Uh, second base, as we're going to probably talk about here shortly, mm-hmm. is full, beyond full, with all stars. And then shortstop, uh, Gene Segura is not going anywhere. We locked him up long term. Brigman, I just don't see a path to the majors with with the Mariners. He's probably going to be a really good player. He's off to a career year, um, but he's going to be a really good player on another team. And Ty, you, you're good buddies with Bryson, aren't you? So uh, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I mean, I mentioned him in uh, my trade article for uh, Derek Dietrich and. Um, who else did I include? <laughs> it's been a couple days. Um, but yeah, I. Yeah, the reliever. Uh, Something? Steichen? Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there. That one. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, Bryson, um, he is having a career. I think that's uh, really, um, really nice to see. Uh, in terms of what Jeff proposed, I just don't know how much value Dan Vogelback holds to other teams. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's clearly tried to make improvements at first. But with someone of Dan Vogelback's stature, <laughs> that doesn't really line up well for a first baseman. So basically, the Tigers would be buying a DH at that point. And I just don't know, even though that he would be coming over with some other pieces, I I just don't know if that's a piece that they would really care for, especially in a Matthew Boyd trade, considering what other teams could offer them. But, um, right. yeah. I think the strength of the package was pretty good, and I think it definitely gets them into the, the conversation at least. Um, I guess – if, if you're not sold on that being enough, what if it was Evan White instead of Bogobach? Is that something you do? or? <laughs> you know, like, I, I, you know, I mentioned Evan White for uh, for Jalen Beeks from Boston. Yeah. I think if you get, like, a um, – if it's, like, a straight-up deal, I would I would maybe trade Evan White. I Even though the, I proposed that deal, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm comfortable with that deal. Um. And so I, that's, especially after seeing what Evan White did in those, like, two games that he played in Tacoma, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm so quick to trade Evan White. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not really convinced on trading Evan White at this time. Just, uh, 
the reason why I did Vogelbach was because of Detroit's kind of unique where their where their roster sits after this year. Uh, Cabrera's coming back; he's another year older and more hurt than he has ever been in his entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, their DH right now is Victor Martinez. He's not going to be there next year, so he, you know, if if you go back and pull up Vogelbach's stats, I mean, it, yeah, Triple A, but yeah, he's a Triple A monster. Yeah, yeah, and. I think with the right team and with the at bats in the major leagues, uh, he he maybe a team would value him a little bit more than uh, another you know, other teams. But that's kind of why I, I I was kind of looking for a team when I was looking to write a trade article that maybe we could move Vogelbach to, and I think Detroit's the perfect team to take a guy like Dan Vogelbach because he's got a future at uh, DH, and they, I mean, you can find a DH I guess anywhere, but. Who knows? He could be a monster, and I just don't think it's going to be in Seattle. Yep. Detroit's not in a position where they need Vogelbach to be a great first baseman right now. It's really a two-year, hey, let's see what we got. Let's give him 500 at-bats, and if he hits like he does in AAA, we probably win the trade. And if he doesn't, then, you know, it's we, we took a shot on a good, on a good player. So we're going to take one, one final break here, and then we are going to get back with some uh, – some quick questions from you guys, and so uh, let's take our break, and we will be back shortly. All right, guys, so the uh, podcast is running a little long, but uh, that's to be expected when you haven't recorded in six week, or six months, So, uh, and the Mariners are doing as well as they are. So we're going to wrap this thing up with some questions from our listeners, and uh, let's just get started. You guys ready to wrap this show up? Let's do it. All right, so I got a tweet here from Tim McPhail. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he wants to know who our favorite player is this year, and he wants to know why it's D. Gordon. So, uh, Ty, take it away. He's got so much swag. I mean, like, <laughs> even when, even when uh, even during spring training, like when he um, when he slid out uh, when he slid into home in that one game, I think it was against the Rockies, and he like. Gave the catcher a little look and a little dance. Like, <laughs> you knew, like, that it was special. This guy, he's just, he's brought that swag to this team this whole year. Um, you know, he, the, the center field experiment with him didn't, didn't go so hot, but it, the trade proved to be worth it when, uh, Cano went down. And now he's been playing at second base and he's been just, and um you know it creates a little bit of a problem there for, come august and we'll get into that later but um yeah he's he's been fantastic and i just i absolutely love him and i hope he's a mariner for a long time you know before you gave the second part to that question and why is it d gordon i was definitely gonna say it's d gordon and that's why i kind of laughed when you read that but no he like he like ty said he brings this swag and just this the love of the game, he's out there, and he just has so much fun, and it rubs off on everybody. Uh, him and Gene Segura, the, co- the combination of those two at in the middle of the infield has proved to be great. Uh, I don't think the center field experience was all that bad. It definitely had, you know, it took its toll a little bit, but he also made some great plays out there and showed I think he can handle that. Uh, will it be this year? I, I I sure as heck hope not that they don't just throw him back in center field. But uh, I man, I, I just I love D Gordon, I really do. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I, my favorite player is actually not D. Gordon. Um, I love him, but he's not my favorite. Um, I don't know. I, I like Ryan Healy. Um, there's just there's some kind of like I don't know, like a bro factor with him. Um, I love <laughs> I, I love the picture that came out the other night when Span hit his double, and he's just like frantically looking for somebody to hold his hand as Ben Gamble <laughs> rounds third base. And there's that great picture of Manny Acta and him, like fingers interlocked. They're not like holding hands, like you know, they're they're like. Fully committed. To, I just I love Ryan Healy. Uh, the defense has been great. Um, you know the bats had some really good moments, and I don't I I, just, I like the guy a lot. Uh, and the nice thing is, you know, is that there's like if you ask people who their favorite Mariner is, there's probably like 15 legitimate answers. And uh, and you know, in, in the years past, it's been are you going to pick Felix or are you going to pick Cano or are you going to pick Cruz? You know. And this year it's, you know, take your pick. There's a lot of options. So um, I'm I'm a big fan of D, but uh, give me Ryan Healy and his, you know, I'm sure his beer-chugging, bro-loving self. And uh, and, and that, that that's my guy. So uh, The real answer is Andrew Romine. <laughs> <laughs> and those just were the to last touch words. on that, Ryan Healy, just yeah. to touch on him just for a second. Um that gif of him that the Mariners tweet out when he hits a home run of him with his looking at the computer and then right. looks at the camera and puts his <laughs> thumb up is the greatest gif of all time. Yeah, that, that's pretty Love good. It. So <laughs> thanks for the question, Tim. Um, our next question comes from, and I love the Twitter handle cadet bone spurs. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he wants he's his theory is is that the Mariners have been successful this year, not because they're elite in like two or three things, but because they're just really good across the board. So, you guys buy into that theory, or what? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, they haven't really been flashy. Um, you know, most of their hitters are like at two seventy ish average wise. Um, but they play really good fundamental baseball. Um, I mean, look at guys like Wade LeBlanc, um, even, even Mitch Hanniger for how good he has been. He's not like the George Springer or Mike Trout, you know, he's not this really flashy, spectacular athlete. You know, that you, you think of when you think of a guy that's just putting up numbers like this. Um, but yeah, they, they've just, they haven't been like significantly bad anywhere. Um, you know, we all thought that the, the starting rotation was just going to be awful and it, and it was in April. And then all of a sudden it just clicked for them and they've been one of the best rotations in baseball. And I could not have predicted that. No one could have. It's it's been absolutely insane. Um, uh, really, the only place where they've been bad necessarily is the bench because of you know guys like David Freitas and Andrew Romine getting at bats. Um, but now that they have you know Denard Span and Ben Gamble kind of platooning with one another, that gives you another like really good bat coming off of the bench as we saw with span in the, in the, in the comeback win with the Red Sox with his pinch hit. Um, yeah. So I, I totally buy into that theory. They, they haven't been really excellent, but they've been really, really good. 
Yeah, and you know, I kind of buy into that theory as well. Um, they haven't been great in every category, but I would say the back end of that uh, bullpen has been great. Uh, Edwin Diaz has just been lights out this year. He's had a couple of hiccups, but that tends to be expected with any closer in baseball. Um, and then the lineup, I mean, <laughs> I might sound kind of homerish here, but give me that top, that lineup one to nine against any other team in baseball. I'll take them. Uh, it just seems to be every night there's somebody new that contributes uh, to the win. And it's just, and this has been the most fun I've ever had watching the Mariners because, it, like you said before, there's a, a, there's 15 different Mariners that can be everybody's favorite. and It's just there's 15 different guys on this team that every single night somebody new contributes. And it's just it's just been incredible to watch. I, I'll definitely buy into that theory. That's interesting. The only thing I can think of that they're pretty like elite at is not striking out. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, other than that, yeah, you know, they're just solid. They can win games 7-6. to six. They can win games 1-0. to nothing. I mean, just about the only way we haven't seen them win is, like, 12 to nothing. And uh, I think they're capable of that. So, yeah, you know, just it's a really good mix. The offense is good. The bullpen is good. The defense is good. You know, and there's that word that the Mariners told us about in spring training, and here we are using it. So, yeah, I think overall they're a balanced team, and I think that can give a lot of teams fits. Because, you know, as good as the Astros are and the Yankees are and the Red Sox are, you have to play your A game against the Mariners or they will beat you. And, you know, and that's tough to do on a night-in, night-out basis. So we're going to wrap this up with one more question. Um, uh, Quickly, guys, uh, from Joe Joe Pines Baseball Bits on Twitter. Um, He wants to know where Cano is going to play when he comes back. So uh, quick. Uh, quick answer there for uh, Ty. Where's Cano going to play when he comes back? Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe we do the whole thing about him playing at first that we've all kind of wondered about for the last couple of years. I don't know. <laughs> we'll come. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, Jeff. You know, um, I really don't know either, but I think that's a good problem to have and. I think Jerry DePoto said it on his podcast that come August 14th, the Mariners are going to acquire the best bat at the trade deadline of any other team in baseball for that final push. And I mean, I, I think you can give them some DH time and give Cruz a couple nights off and maybe do a platoon with that for a little bit, you know, since Cruz is 38, but I, I don't know. And I don't have to make that decision. Yeah, it's certainly going to be tough. I think you're probably looking at a, rotation between second, first, and DH. Um, but this is definitely a question that's not going anywhere. So uh, as you know, as we get closer and closer, I'm sure we'll talk about it more and more. But uh, for now, let's move on to the second part of his question. Um, he wants us to talk a little bit about uh, a move for a depth fourth starter like James Shields is the name he brings up. Um, and he wants to know what that would cost. So uh, Ty, do you have any... Uh, any notion on James Shields or somebody in that type of uh, that type of mold, so to speak? Yeah. So uh, let me tell you, don't let James Shields anywhere near this team, uh, <laughs> please God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, uh, a 
it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with do we really need like a fifth starter, you know, going into the playoffs? I think that's a bit redundant. I mean, James Shields, uh, as you, you know, as he brought up, hasn't really been any better than Felix. Um, so yeah, that, you know, going down that path, I mentioned Andrew Kashner, perhaps, uh, he's on a one year deal. He hasn't been that great. He's been kind of just a serviceable, like fourth starter, fifth starter type of guy. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't think that that's the, the route that this team were there, where they're at 20 games over 500. I don't think that's a route that they need to go down. Um, yeah. I'm gonna agree 100. percent um, When he when he mentioned James Shields, I kind of went ugh. <laughs> but uh, I I think James Shields, Andrew Kashner, a guy like Ian Kennedy are all all kind of the same. No, thank you for us. Um, I would rather not give up something for these guys and have to pay them still, even though it won't be as much. You know, halfway through the year, but I'd rather give a guy like Rowan Asilius a start. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen yet with Hisashi Iwakuma coming back, uh, Ariel Miranda, Christian Bergman, those kind of guys. I think I'd rather keep what we got if if that's the only route they can go. Uh, I mean, I wrote about him. I brought him up already once, but I'll say it again. Trevor Cahill, even though he's on the DL with an Achilles, it's not his arm. Uh, so he'll be back at some point. And he, I, I like Trevor Cahill a lot. So I, I think if you're going to go route on a rental, a guy like Trevor Cahill would be the, the answer for me. And it, none of these guys are going to cost anything really, but right. Except for contract. That's yeah. I think if you traded for James Shields today, you would owe him about $11 million for the rest of this year. And then the $2 million buyout, cause you're not paying him $16 million next year. And at that point, <laughs> is he better than Rob Whalen? no, He's not better than Ariel Miranda, who's basically free. So I don't think James Shields is the right guy to go after here. If you're looking for a rental um, who's making a little bit of money, which is probably the best way for the Mariners to go since they don't have the farm system to go out and you know outbid a lot of these teams, so they have to take money. Uh, why not a guy like Lance Lynn? Uh, Minnesota looks like they're pretty much out of it. Um, you know, Lynn signed a one-year deal, I believe. So, I mean, and he's not – making a crazy amount of money. He got off to a really bad start, but he's been, you know, really good for his last five or six starts. Um, the Mariners apparently had interest in him um, this off season. Um, and, you know, like for the rest of the year, he's making about $7 million. And, you know, like I say, he has been great, but that's good for the Mariners. He's got a 4.23 XFIP, 50% ground ball rate. He's striking out nine guys. Um, per nine uh he's the walks are up but he's been he's been good and i don't think he's going to cost a ton and uh you know i think that's a much better option and he might actually be an upgrade over felix hernandez and rob whalen and all the guys we mentioned so i think i think shields is a hard no but the idea of bringing in a rental starter who's earning some money that that has appealed to me well you kind of just gave it away but i, I was actually planning on writing about lance lynn today so It'll be a little preview, I guess, for what's to come. Well, there you go. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's all we have uh, time for today. We ran longer than I thought. But, uh, hey, you know what? It was fun. And, uh, you know, I think the plan here is to try and do a podcast every off day. Um, we were originally trying to do 
uh, record yesterday and we had some things come up and that'll happen from time to time. But uh, I think, you know, off days are a good day to podcast. And, uh, you know, obviously for the next six weeks or so, we'll be talking a lot of trade. We'll be talking a lot of uh, strategy and Mariners, and that's going to be great. So uh, thanks, thank you guys for joining us on our, I think, our third attempt at a relaunch of our podcast. Um, you know, if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to send them our way. We're still doing our Trade a Day series where we're pumping out trade articles for you guys to consider. Um, if there's a player we haven't talked about, feel free to uh, to let us know. Or if there's a player that maybe we have talked about and you want to know more, just let us know. So um, I think, I think uh, you know, we just gave away that we have a Lance Lynn article coming out. Um, you know, I'll be writing about Brad Hand here pretty shortly as well. And also why the Mariners should move Kyle Seeger up in the batting order, not down. And uh, that's all coming out soon. So anything else you guys are working on? Uh, there's one thing that I would like to say though, real quick, Sure. is, uh, if you think Kyle Seeger should be benched, please send all those, uh, tweets to, uh, one Colby Patnode. Uh, he, he really appreciates seeing all of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so any hate for Kyle Seeger, send his way, please. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you come at me with an intelligent argument, I'll listen to you. Otherwise, shut up. So... <laughs> If you got the Kyle Seeger replacement that nobody's thought of, let me know because so far the best I've seen is trade Kyle Seeger for Manny Machado because that's going to happen. So, <laughs> oh yeah, oh my god. Yeah, so, I uh, mean, let's just let's just trade Daniel Vogelback for Nolan Arenado. You know what? I I agree that that seems fair. And while we're at it, I guess we Bryce Harper's struggling a little bit right now. We could probably get him for like Ian Miller, right? So let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, guys, uh, thanks for hopping on. Um, appreciate it, and I think we will talk to you guys soon. You guys have any parting thoughts? Um, Mitchell Evan Hanniger is an all-star, uh, so go out and vote for him to be in the all-star game. Oh, by the way, did you guys see that Ben Gamble is now in the top 15 in all-star voting for Yeah, that, has to, be, that has to be a typo, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that is crazy. He's got my vote five times a day. That's for sure. There you go. So get out and vote, guys. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, we'll be doing these a lot more uh, regularly. These podcasts are really fun for us to do, and hopefully they're fun for you guys to listen. Um, we're looking for. I'll say this before we wrap up. If you guys want have a specific song for like an intro and outro, that would be great because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good at that type of stuff. So if you guys want to send us some, some ideas for that, that would be awesome. But uh, until next time we talk, guys, uh, have fun. Go Mariners. Let's go take a couple series from the the uh, East Coast snobs. Let's show the world what we're all about. So uh, go Mariners, and I'll see you guys in another live. And like that.